What's your mom? A working mom. And what did she write? The working the mom. The working mom blueprint. blueprint. And what should they do? Go buy, buy it today. The Working Mom Blueprint is now available wherever books are sold. Go grab it for yourself, for a friend, for a sister, for a colleague, so we can help working moms, all moms, to thrive, not just survive on their motherhood journey. Welcome to the Modern Mommy Dog Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full-time pediatrician and a full-time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. Everybody, today I have Blessing Adijon from Mother Honestly, and I am so thrilled to have her. I have been a big fan for a while watching Mother Honestly and the work that they do. Blessing, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I really, really appreciate it. I think, you know, I speak for everyone that it's it's been a long year already, and I don't know how you have time for a podcast, so kudos to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it is true that one podcast that I was recording earlier this morning, I did in my car, and I had to have my husband pass the electrical cord to me secretly so that I could sneak into our back garage area earlier so my kids didn't hear, so there's definitely some finagling that happens to uh to make it all happen, but um, hopefully in a way that that provides good content for everybody and helps them on their working motherhood journey. So I want to start first with just the name, Mother Honestly, and kind of what the intention was when you first started this organization. What was your goal with it? And what does mothering honestly mean? So, you know, I kind of started, Mother Honestly, out of my own pain point. I, I think like everybody else, you know, we all come into motherhood thinking, well, I'm going to be a rock star. I'm going to, you know, feed my kid organic. I'm going to walk out. I'm going to do all these different things. And then, you know, you, you bring the baby home and it almost feels like you, you know, just got run over by a truck. And, and you know, there goes all your, you know, plans right or dreams of doing this in a very you know Chrissy Teigen or if you will Jessica Albert style right so mm-hmm. so you know that was sort of where mother honestly came from was how can we do motherhood honestly in a way that doesn't really um continue to weigh us down in a way that you know doesn't um you know prevent us from living our full lives um the way we want it and how we want it um, so Mother Honestly started off that way. Um, I wanted to, at the time, I was a chemical engineer for the largest chemical company in the world, and I was in charge of our supply chain, and I was constantly busy. 
And, you know, at that point I had my son and, you know, I had luckily had four months of vacation. Whoa, 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 vacation. Yeah. (laughs) So I had four months of, you know, maternity leave and my husband had two months of parental leave or paternity leave, if you will. And so we were trying to like just figure out how we were going to make it work. And I was getting ready to go back to work. And I said, oh, you know, why don't we, what, why don't I chat up with other moms that are getting ready to go back to work after parental leave and see what they're feeling and how they're feeling about their ambition and how to effectively combine work and family. So that was where it started from. And we started talking about motherhood in our work and, you know, the fact that we cannot be honest right, at work about what it really means to be a mother. And um, today I call it parenting out loud, which means we are afraid to parent out loud at work, whether we are a man or a woman. And that continues to feed this ideology that we are not doing something right, that somehow we are cheating our employer out of something or we are, you know, asking for favors at work in order to pick up our kids. Um, and it, 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 it allows guilt to set in, right, as a working mom, um, especially in the early stages. So that was where the name came from. And, you know, we've since then sort of, you know, expanded to so many other areas. We've had conferences, newsletters, podcasts. We've had, you know, physical summits. Um, so we've done a lot of work just to f- figure out how can we help women build better careers and happier homes because at the end of the day that is that is what we really believe it boils down to is that women want to be happy and women want to make money um and so how do you do that in a way that makes sense for you and your family yeah i love that and i love you know the word honestly just is about transparency right it's about vulnerability it's about creating places um in work culture that are safe for moms. Um, and also what I'm hearing you say is that there's a part that has to do with what businesses are doing, corporations are doing, and then a part that has to do with what moms are doing and individual families are doing. So in addition to parenting out loud, which I keep on hearing this, um, terminology, which I, I love, I think it's, um, it's great because it brings dads also, it brings non-moms into the picture of the more that everyone kind of like lives their full selves out loud at work, it allows everyone else to do the same. So the more that dads are doing that, the more that moms can too. But beyond parenting out loud, what else can individual moms do? And what else should corporations be doing to support moms on this quest? I mean, I think moms have a responsibility first to their family. I always say if you and not putting your family first, what are you doing? Um, mm-hmm. Because you know, your family is the reason why you're working. And mm-hmm. and so they need to come first, whether that's, you know, the kids' school and their schedule and making sure, you know, they have the right support in order for them to thrive. Um, so I think that's number one is, you know, looking at aspects in your life that you can very quickly figure out which part of this is serving my family and which part of this is serving my work and which part of it of this is not really serving me at all. Um, I think if we all look at our lives holistically, we'll find out that we're probably spending way too much time 
trying to think about or figure out other people's problems, right? Um, so that's mm-hmm. some way where you've got time to really focus on yourself or your family or your work. Um, I think the second thing moms can do is really just get rid of the idea that they are failing. Um, you know, with what honestly we we interviewed, um, you know, a few thousand women or surveyed a few thousand women and 93% of moms said they're failing, right? Mm-hmm. And so what does that mean, right? If, if, you, if we all feel like we're failing, is that because our definition of success is different from society's definition of success? Um, yeah. And if so, what is the society's definition of success? Because maybe it's time for us as a society to redefine what success means, which leads me to the workplace, which is, you know, what does success mean in the workplace, whether it's for women or for men? Um, you know, does success still looks like being in the office from nine to five? Um, you know, does success still mean that we need to be logging in more hours and warming our chairs? Um, does success mean that we need to continue to plan and plan and have all these different paperwork? when in reality we can automate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we need to really spend two to three hours commuting to work um, instead of being, you know, in a co-working space nearby or in our home working remotely. So I think really for both sides, you know, I think it's my, what I've always, you know, when I connect with employers, it's really, what, do you, what is your definition of success? Because if you, if we, the sooner we all get to understand what our definition of success is, um, then the sooner we can find solutions to our collect individual problems and our collective problems. Um, so in the workplace today, I mean, there's so many things that can be done right for working mothers, um, whether that's providing, you know, better support um, for, you know, for childcare and, you know, offering parental leave supporting the housekeeping or a few things on the home front. Um, because what we find is that what really gets parents is not the childcare, right? Because, you know, you if you're walking, you probably have childcare, right? It's the mm-hmm, daily mm-hmm. grind. It's the, you know, waking up at 5 a.m. and cooking and cleaning and packing lunch and, you know, emptying the dishwasher and, you know, rearranging the refrigerator and cleaning out the pantry, throwing in a load of laundry before you go to work. Those are the things that really, you know, can sort of exhaust you, right? Like by the time you get to your car, you're exhausted. Um, And you haven't even committed to work. You've not dropped off your kids. You, you know, you've not even done that and you're already exhausted from the daily grind. So it's really trying to figure out how can we support women um, beyond childcare? Um, I think that's the next step for employers right now is figuring out ways to support women beyond childcare and for women to continue to demand for a better work-life balance. Um, and I think mm-hmm. we're already seeing that, you know, in in, in today's um, current environment where we've, we've seen this shift towards parents in particular demanding for a better quality of life and saying, no, we want to stay home, we want to continue to work from home, or we want a remote schedule. And if you cannot offer that, we will be searching on monster.com or somewhere else, a job that allows us to have that flexibility. Yeah. I mean, that's this great resignation that everyone is predicting, 
right, of, of employees saying, it's like this large, it's like the largest union in the world. That's what it feels like. <laughs> like this union of workers in the world saying, like, no, this doesn't make sense. The, what You know, a work from home schedule, I'm not going to be less productive. I'll be more productive because like you said, I won't be spending an hour commuting to the office and back again. I might be able to do a load of laundry in between those meetings, which will make it so at the beginning of the day or the end of the day, I don't have to do it and exhaust myself and stay up late. I think what you're talking about too, about these, um, the things that make moms and parents in general, but particularly moms, because we carry the mental load, we know that based off the statistics, is this endless to-do list, right? It's like, all of the things that are in between. You're right that childcare, I might have some stressors that come in as I think about summer planning and where are my kids going to be, you know, when they're out of school. But that's like a couple decisions I need to make to make that happen. It's more as the camp sign up comes up while I'm in the in between seeing patients in the middle of the day and um, I have to buy extra shoes for them because they got too small and you know the light bulb went out in the in the lamp right it's all those in between things that as I'm doing my work that because I am the she fault parent in in the house or have traditionally been until a couple of years ago that it lands on moms to do and so I think you're absolutely right about it, having to be beyond childcare because it's more than that for us that's making us exhausted and burnout. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's where we see moms burning out the most is it's the constant decision-making um, and the, the constant execution, right? Um, because you're constantly executing and you don't have enough time to sit down um, to actually make sure that, A, is there a better alternative, right? Um, and if so, what does that look like? So I think what the pandemic has allowed us to do is for us to sit in our problems and mm -hmm. and say, look, we need to find a better way or we continue to work from home until there's a better way. And I think that's where we're at is now we need to you know, if you look at the evolution of various technologies, even, you know, no one has really spent time to focus on how can we optimize the home and make sure that, you know, the process of actually getting through the daily grind is as smooth as possible. Um, whereas, you know, if this was a walk problem, we would have fixed it a long time ago, Right. So I think now the challenge is how can we fix this daily grind? How can we fix this problem that continues to be a soft spot for 60 million, um, you know, working families um, or even more? Um, I think it's 128 million working families or households in the United States. And so how can we fix that so that, you know, women are not breaking their backs? Because that's what, that is what really breaks women back. It's not the watching of the child. It is the constant movement, the laundry, the cleaning, the, you know, sweeping, mopping and emptying the dishwasher and, you know, figuring out who needs mustard and who had lunch. Right. And, and so that is where we really believe that there's an opportunity um, for individuals and in and, 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 um, the workplace and even tech to come in and really um, support working families. It is time to run, not walk, 
to your bookstore or have your fingers do whatever is the equivalent of running to the Amazon store, to online, to purchase our new book. It's called The Working Mom Blueprint, Winning at Parenting Without Losing Yourself. It is a labor of love. I'm so excited to deliver this book baby to you and to help you really feel like you are winning at parenting without losing yourself, mama. If you want to also check it out at the library, it's there, borrow it from a friend. However, I just want you to get this solid information so you can start thriving, not just surviving in motherhood. I love that idea of thinking about your home and your life outside the office the same way you would as a business problem. Because I think we're finding that even like with Eve Rodsky's work, you know, in Fair Play, where she's talking about really creating a business relationship between you and your partner, Mm -hmm. right? Where instead of it being you have some casual conversations about who does what in your home. She's talking about like tactically sitting down the same way you would in an executive meeting and saying, who is the person who is responsible for this? Who takes ownership of this task? If they're not taking full ownership of this entire task, who else are they delegating to? Um, I think, you know, it's much less sexy, but I think it's um, much more effective. And that the same thing goes for the rest of our lives. Like why have we not, thought more deeply about how to streamline our processes when it comes to our home maintenance or to organization around our home. And it's because for a long time, right, that's just been on women and it's an unpaid labor that we don't see as um, as worthy of, of that attention. But I think as more and more moms are in the workforce and trying to balance all of it, that thank goodness that's coming to light, that we really do need to attack it with that same level of intensity as we would with a business problem. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think the the unpaid labor is beyond. Um, I mean, if you look at the total hours, the total market size of the unpaid labor that women and girls do across the world, I think in 2019 was, you know, 10.9 trillion. And, you know, the United States was 1.7 trillion, I believe. And so the question is, you know, how in you know, how did we get here? How did we get to the point where the United States, you know, the leading technological epicenter of the world accounts for close to 20% of the world's unpaid labor? It means that we have this, you know, amazing group of women that are, you know, breadwinners and co-breadwinners, which is about 70% of, 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 of women, um, that are breadwinners or core breadwinners that are still breaking their backs um, at home. And when you look at the number of hours that we're actually spending, women are spending, you know, a, an average of 40 hours a week. So it's a full-time job. You know, some are spending more, some are spending less. But ultimately, it's another full-time job on top of their full-time job. And we haven't factored in commutes and things like that. So I think it's, you know, we're at a point in our society where we really need to Think about what are the solutions that we can implement to reduce that number, right? And, and, and not only that, is there a way to have that number work for us, right? You know, can we, you know, monetize that $1.7 trillion 
and, you know, and actually pay these women, um, you know, that are doing this ever lifting, what they're truly worth. So there's a whole bunch of, you know, I'm, I'm very familiar with Eve as well. You know, she and I chat apparently every week about this because it's, you know, we're both super passionate about it. And it's beyond my imagination that, you know, no one is thinking about this $1.7 trillion market. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if this was a business opportunity, just think about going to your boss and saying, look, I've got this idea. Here's an untapped market of $1.7 trillion. You know, he would drop everything he's doing and listen. Um, yeah. But because of women, because this labor is free, no one is paying attention to it. And so we basically, we have a society that is operating fully on the backs of women. Mm-hmm. Wow. You guys let that sink in for just a second. I mean, I think that's so motivating to, like you said, to parent out loud. Mother, honestly, also you work alongside corporations and businesses to help to educate them on this as well. Right. Absolutely. I mean, we connect with employers, whether it's through our conferences or, you know, in more one-on-one consulting type role, um, to make sure that they have, you know, the best practices for working mothers and that, you know, their moms and or their working parents are getting the right amount of support that they need to thrive in the workplace. And, you know, a lot of a lot of companies that work with us or sponsor us or do various things with us, you know, they come back to us and say, hey, you know, what is the best way to approach this, right? What is the mm-hmm. best way to rental leave? What is the best way to approach working from home? What is the best way to have out a a remote work policy that works for everyone, not just mom, but also dads. And Mm so we've been very instrumental in providing, um, you know, some sort of insight, um, you know, to companies to help them make informed decisions. Because a lot of times, you know, companies are, you know, they want to do what's best for the employees, but they don't exactly know how to to make sure that it sticks. Right. So what we've done is basically figure out how to make sure that, you know, you don't just have family friendly policies, but that the how is also family friendly. Right. The the managers, the directors, the VPs that are that are basically connecting. They are the contact points for this working parents. They have the right empathy and the right level of, you know, um, of support, even from behind to fully communicate to the, to the mom or dad to say, hey, yes, you can take that two week off, you know, for, you know, for to work remotely or you can, you know, have a hybrid schedule for now because, you know, you have a few challenges at home. Be a little bit more empathetic and, and accommodating. Um, that's mm-hmm. something that we have been preaching because, you know, parenting is a season. And I think that's what a lot of companies don't understand. You know, my child is not going to be a baby or one or two forever, right? right? Which means, you know, I'm still going to be with the company longer than that. And if right now I sort of need that accommodation to parent my child the way that I want to, so that, you know, 10, five years from now, I'm not frazzled up and down because I didn't do the work right, right. now to I give my kids everything that they need to thrive and be successful. And so we're starting to sort of shift the narrative and provide a big picture because I think a lot of companies are always looking at the now, right? Mm-hmm. Saying, oh, you know, she's always asking for time off. She's always, 
well, she's not going to do that forever, right? Um, right? You know, you may ask for time off and then get home and, you know, and put in a few extra hours once the kids are in bed. I think a lot of employees are, I mean, in good faith, when we look at the number of hours that the average American work, we work longer than most countries, you know? Mm-hmm. So people are already doing the work. And I think that, you know, we need to appreciate the work that they're doing um, as employers. So those are some of the things that, you know, we work with employers to remind them that, look, these, these folks are already busting their behind off. This is not mm-hmm. a time to, you know, this is a time to actually increase the support that you offer them so that they can turn back around when your kids are five and six and in school, then they can give you their one, you know, whatever 150% that you demand of them. Yeah. Okay. So I have a question about that because I'm wondering, um, I'm thinking about a story from my own life and I, I, I'll share the story that I'll ask the question. So basically when my daughter this past year in COVID, she's an anxiety disorder and she had a terrible time and she was having horrible regressions as everything was closed and canceled. And, um, she's to the point where, you know, she's a, she's a psychologist. She is on medication. She's almost eight. And so one day we found her, she was actually like peeing all over, all over our carpets. She was having this major regression. And I went to my employer and said, which, of which I'm a partner in my firm, so I'm an owner and said, Hey, you know, what I really need is to spend more time with her. I think right now, some one-on-one time, some special time to be with her, to support her. And that's going to require me. I think the best way would be if I could leave a little bit early on a few of the days a week, I think it was one day a week. So that that way it can be that before her sister gets home from school, she and I have this chunk of time that's just us and we can kind of be quiet together and do whatever it is she wants to do so that I can rebuild into her that confidence that she's going to be okay. And the response that I got, and my work knows this because I talk about this all the time, was, you know, well, we really support you. We understand. We know this is just a season. You've always been such a hard worker. and the people who don't have kids would see that as unfair because they wouldn't get to leave early when you get to leave early. And so I remember saying to them, yeah, but there are other things that other people need at different times. Someone has a heart attack and they need to take time off. Someone has a relative that gets hurt and they need to take time off or a a dying parent that needs to take time off. And I'm wondering if you ever come across that in your trainings with corporations where it's like, the corporations have a hard time as they're trying to support working parents or working moms, not seeing it as actually like less equitable to the other people in their organization. Or as if you're working with, or when you're working with moms that you find it difficult for them to stand up for themselves, show up for themselves because they're scared that someone in their corporation will think that they're getting special treatment. Oh, that happens all the time. And I mean, it it has happened to me multiple times in corporate America as well. I think, you know, there's there's always a question of equity um, Mm -hmm. and what's fair and what, you know, if we, if if we, if if we cannot allow this for A, why should we allow it for B? But I always remind people and especially employers and moms that, you know, we connect with and mother honestly is, you know, you can't. Um, you know, there's so many ways that everyone needs to be supported at any given time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, most people, you know, 
will she will not share what they need support with. And I think that a lot of companies, it's on them to figure out how to connect to those people. And when people come out directly to ask for support, um, it is even unfair to then deny them the support. Because remember, it takes a lot of effort on your end. I mean, what mm-hmm. parent would want, you know, to have this as an issue, an ongoing mm-hmm. issue, and mm-hmm. not want to resolve it as soon as possible, right? I mean, mm-hmm. what you just described, if you don't pay attention to it, could could continue to go on and yeah. on, become a bigger issue for, for your daughter and even for you, right? And that affects mm-hmm. your quality of life, her quality of life, and your ability to even progress in your career. So asking mm-hmm. for a little bit of time or for a short period of time, those are the examples of things that, you know, in my opinion, if we are, if we do say that we support working parents and we do say that we support our employees, period, and our employees need our help, um, I think it is um, it is our responsibility as a company to make sure that we support that employee. Because like you mm-hmm. said, you know, a single employee could come out and say, I have cancer. What are you going to say? Oh, because, because you know, um, Blessing doesn't have cancer. You don't get to go for your treatment. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody needs different kind of help. And, you know, we need to be accommodating to that. And I think a lot of companies are realizing that. You know, mm-hmm. when I see single co-workers tell me, oh, you know, it's just not fair. And I'm like, oh, just because I have kids now, does that mean you're never going to have kids uh, because it's very confusing to me, right? You know, so when you have your own kids two years from now, am I supposed to come remind you that, you know, you, let's take a time off together now, right? right. Um, so that doesn't make any sense to me. Everybody's in a different um, place in their life. And I think, you know, corporations and even moms need to be able to articulate that. When you, you know, when you go and you ask for a little bit of flexibility and the response is, oh, why is, you know, why are you coming here if Johnson, you know, the, the, the male VP is not asking for help, but you are. And you can say, hey, you know, I understand, completely do, but we're all in different season in life. And his needs may be completely different from mine. It could be anything tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that we have equated with support is that the only support that people need is is accommodations for childcare or for mm. attending to their family when that's not true, right? So many people need support for their elderly ones. They need support for, you know, their health. They need support for their well-being, for their anxiety, for their depression. And you know, the sooner as a as a as a country, as a company, we can say, look, we need to be flexible to people's unique needs and unique situations. Um, because if we don't do that, guess what? We stand the chance of losing talent. I mean, I don't know about your company, but I want to assume that if you're a partner, you're extremely important and instrumental to the well-being of the company and the profitability. Right. And so, you know, doesn't that matter enough to accommodate a little bit of flexibility? Um, because, right. you know, you've put in the work, right? For you to even become partner, I mean, that's not chicken change, You've put in the work, and so you should be able to take some time to figure out that piece that really, really matters to you, and then come back to to work. Um, you know, at a time that works for you. So, I mean, you know, we can be here all day on that, but I think you know a lot of companies need to need to really think big picture beyond the childcare or the family situation. 
Yeah, no, I think that's it. I think it's about kind of the long-term perspective versus the short-term for our colleagues and for our employers and um, for yourself as you're thinking about advocating for for yourself, for listeners. How can listeners get involved with you guys as individuals? Where can they find you, Blessing? Where can they find Mother Honestly? How can they get involved? I mean, we're all over, you know, social media at Mother Honestly, whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, or, you know, we're most active on Instagram. That's where we spend a lot of time connecting with parents and employers and, you know, sharing you know, tips and inspiration for how you can, you know, better balance your work and family. Um, you know, and we also have a website, motherhonestly.com. We have a summit coming up um, in the fall. And our theme is, you know, really talking about how women bounce back. You know, how do we bounce back, not just in the workplace, but at home, right? A lot of us have been you know, walking around the clock, trying to, you know, make sure that, you know, the dishwasher is running. I mean, I remember doing when the pandemic first hit and I was just praying to God that the dishwasher doesn't break down, right? Because <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to have anyone in my home that is not vaccinated and having to fix the dishwasher, you know? So right. we were just holding on to all of our appliances and, and hoping and praying that, you know, nothing happens. So I think, you know, as we, as we, you know, as the economy reopens, as people, you know, plan on returning to the office, some people, I know a lot of people have returned to the office already, but, you know, majority is expected to return in the summer and in the fall. So really talking about how do we bounce back? How do we make sure that a workplace is redesigned for working families in a way that works for them? Um, so that's our summit coming up then. Um, and we have other things, you know, throughout the year, feel free to, you know, get on our website, modernhonestly.com and, um, and, you know, browse around. Love, love, love. Thank you so much for being here, Blessing. Thank you for having me. Hey, Mama. If you want more of the Modern Mommy Dog podcast, make sure that you click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd also be so honored if you shared with your friends and on social media with the hashtag Modern Mommy Doc. If you share about something that inspired you or that you learned from the podcast, we'll be sure to share it on our social media as well. Thanks for listening.